0: Thursday on Law and Gospel on this July the 15th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker and uh, with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz as we're going to be talking about a subject that has come up not only on the internet but also through the courts and it's all about suicide. Right, Pastor Reimnitz?
1: Yeah, I found it quite interesting. Last week we we talked about First Amendment rights and and about a week later we're still talking about First Amendment rights.
0: Yes. First Amendment rights simply talks about that we have the right to preach what we want to preach according to God's word. In fact, There was a picture of a lady holding up the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now. How did this become important? What event had occurred in Michigan?
1: Well, back in late 2018, a young man that was going to college had, had committed suicide, and as a result, uh, of course, they had the funeral in Michigan, and the parents went to the priest, It was a Catholic priest, and asked that they, he just speak about the good things in his life and the things that had happened. And they felt like his sermon was talking about suicide and the dark side of it. And subsequently, they they filed a lawsuit against the, the priests in the diocese, and, and a lower court said that the uh, First Amendment was to be upheld, and they went to an appeals court, which just, recently uh upheld the lower court so two courts now have decided that it's a first amendment case and they can't take it
0: yes this occurred in 2018 when the young man committed suicide and the funeral service the priest talked about suicide Uh, not once did he say that for sure the young man was in hell but a lot of people and relatives didn't realize he had committed suicide and so when the pastor talked about it in the sermon the the woman the, the mother got really upset over it and emotionally distressed so she had gone to court now it was filed by linda hulabarger the the mother of the young man who committed suicide for intentional affliction of emotional distress, invasion of privacy, and other claims against Father Don La Cuesta. And he was pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church in Temperance, Michigan. Now, what the court did is something that is very important. It in, in its three-zero decision on July the 8th this year, it agreed with a previous decision handed down by a lower court and emphasized the suit was not one for the court to take up because the priest's comments were protected by the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment regarding religion. Now, the court really went further in this. In the lawsuit, the woman claimed that the priest described her son's suicide as a secular crime and a sin against God with dire eternal consequences. So the news of her son's suicide had initially not been made public and many learned about it at the funeral. But the court says they could not pass judgment on the contents of a sermon. The opinion also said that for the court to find the priest's comments extreme or outrageous would require the judges, this is important, to evaluate Catholic philosophy and doctrine regarding suicide and whether Father complied with it and the court re-emphasized that courts should not evaluate sermons delivered at religious services they even um, quoted the supreme court adding that it would be inconsistent with complete and untrammeled religious liberty for civil courts to enter into consideration of church doctrine or church discipline. Now, that's important because our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, of course, is being roundly criticized for our teachings against homosexuality, against abortion, and, of course, against suicide. So, what do you think of this particular event?
1: It, it is a real mishmash uh, among among uh, the people up there. The I, I agree with what the courts have decided, and I, I'm sure you do too. That it protects the rights of, of just not only our church but other churches too in their exercise of, of freedom of speech and and of religion uh, that that they may carry it forward, but. Uh, uh, one of the things I wrote in my notes was the work righteousness versus uh, uh, the works of Christ. Uh, you know, while you might not agree with everything that he says in his sermon, I didn't see any dark side into the the suicide because they posted the sermon. Uh, I found him trying to find ways to point to God's mercy and not the works that, that the individual had done. And I think that's a wider context that uh, is forgotten among the families and people that are expressing concern about the funeral.
0: Well, I I found a professor of religion and philosophy at Davis Elkins College in West Virginia, Dr. Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S. And here's what he says. A person with a progressive terminal disease faces a unique situation, one which calls for a new look at traditional assumptions about the motivation for choosing suicide. There is no explicit prohibition of suicide anywhere in the canonical texts of Christianity. This choice, therefore, might be found to be reasoned, appropriate, altruistic, sacrificial, Mm. and loving. Now, it's idiots like this who are talking about murder. Remember, that's like people talking about abortion. Well, that'd be a very loving thing to kill the baby in the womb because you're not wanting to bring it into a family that doesn't want it anyway because maybe the woman wants to get ahead in business or whatever or whatever reason it is they don't realize it's selfish and suicide and abortion both are against the fifth commandment thou shalt not kill and we don't have the right to do that
1: i i agree with everything that you're saying now i want to throw a little bit different light on it what if you're uh taking medicines for an illness or an ailment or, or a cancer or something and and the side effects of it is thoughts of suicide what happens then
0: well i don't know how many times you decline to do a funeral but in my ministry i have declined to do funerals for example Let's talk about when you decline to do a funeral. Uh, A member of my congregation was a shut-in, and I would go and visit her. And her son was often there at the home. And we tried to talk to him about Jesus, but he would have nothing to do with Jesus. And he, therefore, didn't believe in Jesus. He said he would never go into church, and he thought it was really crazy what Christianity teaches. Now, he committed suicide. And the member asked, would I be willing to do the funeral? And I said, no, because when you do a funeral, a Christian funeral, there's one goal, and that's to give comfort to the people on the basis that the person is in heaven. That's why I don't know what the priest did ahead of time. But when I've been contacted about doing a funeral for a suicide, I kind of follow your advice there i I talked to the family, I talked to the doctor, etc. Was there something that was going on in the person that they were losing their mind? and that does occur i I had one of my wonderful elders go through a procedure. Where he was so unhealthy and his mind was losing it that he would even swear at his children. Well, we buried him because that was a disease that was causing that, in contrast to someone who willingly uh, is clearly not involved in the church and decides to kill themselves. That's wrong and therefore to do a funeral there you couldn't possibly give comfort to the family that the person is in heaven
1: i think that's a good explanation of it and i've seen that happen out there where uh, a a christian under medication uh, took their life and later they found out that that the medication they were taking was highly inflicted in causing thoughts of suicide and you hear it on the tv every so often when they're pushing you know drugs for cancer or various other illnesses that uh, if you have thoughts of suicide you should quit taking the, the medication
0: yeah there was a situation where there was a fraternity party and girls were there and, of course, the guys fooling around gave some drugs to a girl in a drink, and she was unaware of it, but the drugs kind of made her mind think that she was able to fly. So she jumped out of a third-story window showing that she could fly and, of course, fell down to the ground dead. Now, that was a suicide, but I would do the funeral there because it was on the basis of not her free will but on the basis of drugs that she was taken or given
1: okay okay from a scriptural point of view what do we do with the suicide of uh judas
0: yes uh what what this uh crazy pastor does this professor of religion he says even though suicide occurs with frequency I have never heard or read a sermon on the subject. Well, obviously, he's not Lutheran. One of the best <laughs> sermons I ever heard was on Lutheran for life and also on a sermon by Dr. Klaus. Remember who Dr. Klaus was? Wasn't he one of our Lutheran Hour speakers? Exactly. He did a sermon on suicide, and I couldn't stop listening to it. It was exactly what I believe, and he talked about the dangers of suicide, how it was an evil, and the fact is that a lot of times a pastor is unable to be able to give the assurance that the person is in heaven. And you made the point that the parents wanted the priest to talk about what a wonderful son they had, his good works. Well, nobody goes to heaven by good works. And maybe in the Roman Catholic faith, they thought that salvation was by works. But any proper priest or pastor would be able to say that, no, this person was a poor, miserable sinner who deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment, and made it very clear in his sermon that suicide is always wrong. We, we've got even states now that are permitting doctors not only to murder infants in the womb, but also to murder older people by helping them commit suicide. It's called physician-assisted suicide and obviously you've got relatives who won't mind that the person is dead because they're losing a lot of money in taking care of that person and so it'd be a loving act for them to take their own life so they wouldn't lose so much money or other reasons and that's what the church needs to speak out against is that anyone who practices physician assisted suicide really should doubt that a funeral will be given to them
1: right you know as you spoke, kind of reminds me here here uh, this last week I was studying Genesis uh, chapter fifteen, where um, it tells us that Abraham believed and God counted reckoned it to him as righteousness. And listening or reading Luther, it was interesting that uh, Luther said that it was uh, Abraham's belief in the word or the promise connected to it and not the works of his going, but the belief in the word and the and, and the promises that, that matter the most. And, the, and that was the thing uh, that you, you were bringing out there in your reply that uh We need to always look at that, especially even in a a suicide uh, case. And it's it's always a problem at funerals sometimes where families want you to only talk about the good works and never bring up about the others. And the greatest work is the one that Jesus works in our hearts through holy baptism is faith.
0: Yeah, the archdiocese, it wasn't very helpful in in Detroit. It regrets that one of its parish priests was unable to bring comfort to a grieving family at the recent funeral of their beloved son. Our hope is always to bring comfort to situations of great pain through funeral services centered on the love and healing power of Christ. The statement added that what happened made an unbearable situation even more difficult and noted that the priest will no longer be preaching at funerals and will have all of his other sermons reviewed by a priest mentor. Well, this kind of shows why the Roman Catholic Church once more thinks that works are important. This priest, Said some actually good things during the sermon. As you said, we have a copy of that sermon. And he doesn't once say that the young man is going to hell, but he does make it very clear that we must not call what is bad good, what is wrong right. We are Christians. We must say what we know is the truth that taking your own life is against God who made us and against everyone who loves us. Our lives are not our own. They are not ours to do with as we please. God gave us life, and we are to be good stewards of that gift for as long as God permits. The the problem I have with people just giving good news sermons for suicides is that it gives the impression to those listening, oh, that's not that big a deal. If I want to get rid of a big debt or I'm having problems in the family or at work or I'm not meeting my goals, then I can commit suicide because this priest gave me the comfort that therefore I'm going to heaven anyway. Well, that's not correct at all.
1: I, I agree with you, and I think the other thing too that I, I've seen with uh, suicide is is uh, the wreck and the, the ruin that it causes in families that that, that uh, try and figure out what, what, what went wrong. What can we do to to have thought? Did we miss something? I mean, they, they it's just. Uh, the grief that it causes family is, is tremendous.
0: You know, they had this idea that Jesus loves us and he takes care of all of us, and therefore Jesus would never speak out against uh someone who committed suicide, etc. But remember what he said about Judas? It would have been better had he, but he never
1: not have, yeah, been born.
0: Yes. Now, I sure don't want Jesus saying that about me because that's clear. I'm not going to heaven. This idea, this crazy professor that the Bible isn't against suicide is, in fact, here's an example he gives. He talks about Samson committing suicide. Remember, mm-hmm. his eyes have been put out by these guys, his enemy, He was tied up. They were making fun of him. And he prayed to God that he could bring down the building upon them. Now, he died because of that. But he was at war against an evil, adulterous, unbelieving nation. That would be like saying that our soldiers who go into war and go into certain situations where they doubt that they will come back alive, that therefore they've committed suicide. Who would ever say that about a soldier?
1: Right. You know, there were two disciples that uh, openly rejected Christ. I mean, they all left him, but, but the, the two that I think of, of course, is Jews who committed suicide. And then, of course, there's Peter who denied Christ three times, but he didn't commit suicide, did
0: he? No. No, he didn't. But he came to faith uh, again. I, I don't want to end this without saying there is no comfort for the family. I make a big distinction. When I do a funeral service for someone, it's because we have an assurance that they are Christians, and that's the comfort. But when we're pretty sure that or we're unsure of whether or not they're saved. You don't want to go into a funeral and say, Well, we're all hoping that they're going to be saved. Jesus' attitude was not that way. Remember the 10th plague in Egypt who killed all of the older or firstborn sons and firstborn animals in that last plague?
1: Well, obviously it was God. An angel would pass over, and if the blood wasn't on the doorpost, the firstborn were were killed.
0: Yes, and what are you going to say? Oh, that's terrible. There's no comfort for those people. Well, there comes a place where there is not comfort, but I can still think of how I can give comfort to parents whose son or daughter committed suicide. What can I say to them? You got any ideas?
1: Well, I would leave, leave it up to God's mercy. And uh, if the child believed that there's still still open, we leave it in the hands of, of a merciful and gracious God.
0: But that's not much comfort if you can't assure them that the child is going to be in heaven. What my assurance would be is that they're going to be in heaven, the parents, Mm. if they're believers, and they're going to be in total bliss. Now this isn't something we can understand, but even if our spouse or our children or others we knew and loved on earth are not in heaven, that will not take away the joy and bliss that we will have in heaven. That is part of the Christian faith. And that is where I would give comfort, not in a funeral service, but privately uh, to those who need to hear that comfort. Hmm.
1: Well, it's like you've often said, if I passed on tonight or I woke up and found myself in heaven, who would I give all the credit to?
0: Yes, and that credit goes to Jesus, not to my works or anything. So I feel really bad that this parish priest has been attacked the way he's been attacked because we have his sermon. I might share some of it tomorrow on Open Mic Friday, but it's spoken very well about what suicide is and how we at times cannot give the assurance that someone who commits that act is in heaven for sure. I
1: would agree. I I thought it was worth us talking about and taking a look at.
0: No, this was excellent what you found. And it's something the church needs to be aware of. And this idea that funerals aren't talked about in sermons. I've spoken about them a number of times And Pastor Klaus did a wonderful job in talking about suicides. Well, I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. Join us next week for another subject. And we can talk about this also tomorrow. Till then, God bless you.